Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschback. I'm Matt Golden. And this week we'll be talking about the Hulu television show Runaways. Yes, I did the incorrect research on this. I just listened to the song Cherry Bomb by the Runaways on repeat for about an hour. And then I got to this podcast and found out that that's not what we're talking about. So here we go. There are worse ways to spend an hour. Oh, yeah. Just listen to the Cherry Bomb on repeat. I highly recommend it to everybody. I'm sure it had new layers each time you heard it, too. It really did. Things you never heard before. I started relating it to my own life, and I realized that I am indeed a cherry bomb. I mean, what can I say, but I'm proud of you. I'm <laughs> glad you finally were self-actualized enough. But we're just talking about the first episode. Uh, Hulu released the first three episodes at once. We're just going to talk about the essentially pilot episode, even though it's not a pilot because it got a full season order. Yeah, I thought it was good. I'll just go ahead and toss that out there to begin with. I think it's something that I'm going to go and watch. Pretty regularly, which isn't something that I'm I'm ready to dive into, but it did seem kind of like a Degrassi version of superheroes. Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. Uh, I read all of Brian Vaughn's run on Runaways, and I really enjoyed that series. One of my favorite smaller self-contained series, and it does go on with other writers later. However, you said it's Degrassi of uh, series. I think that's pretty close. The showrunners are Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage, created the OC. So you get oh, okay. kind of that same. And there I never go. watched the OC personally. My favorite things about the OC was the theme song by Phantom Planet. I love that song. <laughs> and also the fact that in Arrested Development, someone calls Orange County the OC and there's someone says, don't call it that. I mean, <laughs> to me, those were the two best things to come out of the OC. Well, the one Arrested Development joke is the only good thing to come out of the OC. <laughs> it's so dumb that my brain remembers that too. <laughs> that I had no idea. Like I didn't. I'll have to go rewatch the whole series for that one joke now. Like you, I did enjoy that first episode. I think a lot of problems with like shows where teenagers are lead, especially teenagers that are in high school, they can seem overdramatic or essentially moody, which I mean is kind of true to life at that time period <laughs> in your life. But I feel like these actors did a really good job and weren't overly dramatic. You don't hate any of them. They, they feel like very believable characters. Yeah, even when they're they are kind of whiny, they're they're very believably whiny and not like, yeah, it feels I hate this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They they have deserved to whine. And there's a lot of emotion in this first episode. Yeah, there really is. Because they're dealing with the death of their friend or their sister for Nico, uh, which I don't believe was in the comic storyline at all. No, I started uh, reading the comic books um, because of that. And that was the first thing that I noticed. I was like, who is this person that is dead? That I haven't read about before. Yeah, in the comics, it begins with kind of the same thing. Their parents all come to Alex Wilder's house, but they bring all their kids and have the kids hang out while they go do their own business. It's a condensed version of the the first issue is a condensed version of the first episode. You'd get pretty much the same information other than the random dead girl that everybody's mourning. Yeah, I think the first episode, they kind of stretched it out and added nico's dead sister to the storyline just so it gave us time to spend with each character uh individually before we saw them so that way we can see what they're like get a little bit of their personality a little bit of their background as well without throwing in all these characters together and making us figure out how they're going to work together so i have a question for you because i'm going to play 
I'm going to play the person who hasn't read the series because I clearly have not. And I have a feeling that a lot of our listeners probably have not as well. And some of them might have. So this might be some refresher stuff for them. But in this series, are these people mutants? In the comic, Molly is the youngest one. Mm-hmm. She is a mutant. Uh, none of the others are, though. Okay. So, And I'm kind of curious if they're going to say Molly's a mutant. In this first episode, she does get her powers. She believes that she got her first period recently. They mentioned that she was like menstruating for the first time, yeah. <laughs> which goes in line with mutants in the comics that when they come of age, when they become teenagers, is when their powers start to manifest and show themselves. So I kind of like that they're keeping that true. I don't know with the whole Marvel Fox feud if they're going to be able to say mutant or not, but I kind of hope they do. Okay. Well, that is both cool and not cool. I was hoping that all these fuckers were going to be mutants, but all right, here we go, I guess. Now the show is infinitely less cool to me, now that everybody is not going to be getting powers. So I changed my earlier opinion. I'm not watching it anymore. Did you recognize any of the cast members from the show? Uh, yeah, I recognized the lead Alex from uh, the the Hulu show, Casual. Who yeah. was he in Casual? He was the kid that had cancer. Oh, he was. Wow, good call. He was yeah. good in that, too. Yes, yeah. uh, he was fantastic in that. I recognize the girl that plays Gert, although I don't know where I recognize her from. She looks really familiar. I don't recognize any of the other kids or the parents, though. Yeah, none of the teenage actors I actually <laughs> recognized beforehand. I did watch Casual, so, and the guy playing Alex, Wein- Alex Wilder, I believe his name is, and I'm going to mispronounce this, is Renzel Felice, Renzi Felice, something around like how that. How could you not know how to pronounce <laughs> that? You <laughs> Apologies idiot. to potentially Renzi Felice. <laughs> But some of the parents I recognize, James Marshall is in it, who people will Ooh. know from as from Angel and Buffy. He played Spike, and he's been. He also played Brainiac in a season of Smallville. Wait, who whose dad is he? He's Chase's dad. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Chase oh, is kind cool. of the jock, and they make him a little smarter in the show. Than I think he is in the comics. In the comics, he's not dumb. He's just not the wisest person. But his dad is that overbearing type who's essentially a world changer they're kind of i don't know if they're trying to make him like a steve jobs or like an Elon musk type person but someone who's very important and he's someone that's getting c's in spanish so and he's that very like hard expectation like he actually says to him makes a line about how he doesn't really fear him because he is getting c's which is a very like terrifying like ominous line to say to your kid yeah some of the adults too kevin wiseman plays the dad of gert and the adopted father of molly he was in alias he was a tech guy, Marshall, in there. He's been in Clerks 2 and some other things. And in Clerks 2? Yeah. God damn it. And I feel like I'm just missing these <laughs> these big people left and right. There's a smaller role in Clerks 2. And then, of course, Carolina's dad, which we don't see that often, but it was Kip Pardue, who was uh, Sunshine in Remember the Titans. Oh, yeah. How could I have forgotten Sunshine from Remember the Titans? Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know how you could. My bad, Kevin, if that's what Kip. Alex said. Uh, he's Kevin now. He he can no longer go by Kip. He is now Kevin. But the adult actors will take a backseat to the kids in the first episode. I know in the second episode, I believe it's told from the parents' perspective, so we get to see more of what's going on with them. But there was some great scenes with the parents. Like, we see them interact with one another, and you can tell that they all come from different backgrounds. They lead very different lives right now, so they're not all, like, in sync with another. They get under each other's skin, which is a nice mirror to their kids as well, too. And their kids were all friends since the death of Nico's sister things have gone south and they had their own friction going on. Yeah. So, uh, when are they going to run away? Like, that's what I'm, <laughs> is that episode three? 
Yeah, the first episode, it ends where they are sneaking into Alex's dad's study to get some booze. Alex discovers a, or he tries to get a coaster, actually, and ends up opening a secret bookshelf to a chamber where we see their parents all dressed in ominous red robes and with a girl being basically moved against her will and stripped naked and moved into this weird pod thing. And it cuts when Molly tries to take a picture, flash goes off, the parents recognize him on this balcony, or wonder what that is, rather. And that's basically where the episode ends. So there's no running away yet. They're still very much in a house. Yes, and spoiler alert, if this is going to be like the books, they're just going to act like nothing happened. And then they'll just, you know, eventually run away. Just not yet. What do you like? What do you dislike about this so far? Give me a complaint. Tell me why you hate Marvel's Runaways. No, I really enjoyed it. The only thing, I think my complaint is more from a comic book reader. Or someone who's read the story, at least. I know what's going to happen. I understand why they include all that stuff beforehand about the characters. Okay. But I just wanted it to get going. I know I want to see certain elements. So you think it's slow story. right now? For me. I, and for people that haven't read or have no familiarity with the characters, I don't think they'll experience that. But for me, it's a little slow at times. Now, I'm somebody who absolutely hates things that drag. I want things to move fast. I didn't think it really was yeah. was that slow. So you you go be the judge listener. Don't let Alex tell you how to live your life. He's just some Joe Blow. I mean, I do think everyone should go check it out if you have Hulu. Yeah, I mean, it's only $8 a month. What are you wasting your time on? Go watch this shit. Where would you put this show as, like, rank it? As far as the other new superhero shows that have come out this season, we have Inhumans, Punisher, The Gifted, and now this. Punisher actually also came out this week. I have not had a chance to check it out yet. It is definitely in my Netflix list. It is going to be watched extremely soon. So I can't rank it against that. But I would say I either like it as much as The Gifted and maybe a little bit more than The Gifted. I think that some of the acting in The Gifted is a little hokey. Whereas this, I thought was all very real. Uh, I liked it quite a bit, except, you know, the one part I didn't like was the scene on the beach where she has that little bonfire trying to bring her sister back from the dead. Yeah, that was kind of lame. Other than that, I liked pretty much the whole damn thing. I would put it like just a notch below the gifted. Uh, oh, and Inhumans is definitely last, correct? Yeah, I, and I agree with you there. That it, It's still well above Inhumans. So. Yeah, that was some trash television. Did you go, Did you ever go back and, and watch... Any more of the Inhumans? No, it's still my DVR. I haven't checked it out yet. I will at some point. <laughs> I hope that expires on your DVR before you get to go back and watch it. No, I'll probably watch it over the holiday season whenever. I just, I don't know. At some point. <laughs> whenever I don't feel like watching another documentary about cooking while I'm sitting there eating McDonald's. Ooh, that sounds awful. That sounds fucking terrible. It's a way to live life. <laughs> there should be a no. support group for people who watch Top Chef and eat McDonald's while they're eating it and then and then critique the chefs on Top Chef <laughs> because I would be your president. Oh my god, Alex Eshback for president. Take it over to 2020. All right, I think the only other thing that I have to add about about this is I'm excited to see what the fuck that raptor thing is. Yeah, I'm really excited. I was actually wondering as a reader if they were going to have the raptor in the story at all and I'm really glad that they decided to include it and yeah i think my biggest thing it's so pedantic but i just wonder if they're going to call molly a mutant or not it's just someone that comes as a big x-man <laughs> fan i'm like please just let this be real alex oh uh, i think if if they call her a mutant you might put that notch would you make it 
Would you put it above the gifted if no, they call her mutant? If they call her mutant, I just pause the show. I'm like, it's done. The show's peak. can't get any better than this. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for me today. Yeah, I think one thing viewers know, even though this is a Marvel TV show, it doesn't so far have any tie-ins with any other Marvel projects. You don't really see any. There's no references to the Avengers or anything like that. There's nothing referenced to the other Netflix Marvel TV shows or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Inhumans. Which, in the actual comic book, there they do reference the Avengers. Yeah, part of it is because the show takes place in California, I believe in L.A., or around that area. I think it was Brentwood they mentioned. And so most superheroing happens on the East Coast, which we've seen in the movies and the other television shows. So I think that's part of the reason it makes them get away with a little bit easier. In the comics, they do encounter some heroes at some point. I hope we see that. We probably won't, but maybe some variation of it down the Maybe line. we'll get a, a West Coast Avengers show soon. Probably not, but <laughs> we can dream. Boys can dream. Yeah, maybe Hulu is just for the West Coast. <laughs> maybe that, maybe they've got the patent on West Coast stuff. That'd be a, a bold and probably a terrible move on their part. But <laughs> yeah. We only want the West Coast. It's the coolest yeah. coast, man. Well, that's it for this week's episode. As always, you can email us at hingemanofcomics at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, on the Facebooks, and on the Twitters. Please go like and subscribe everything that I post because it means the world to me. And give us a review on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your podcast from. We'd appreciate it. If it's not five stars, don't bother. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Five stars <laughs> would be cool, but I mean, if you hate us, I can't really blame you. I, I look in the mirror and feel that same way sometimes. Yeah, I hate us pretty much every day. So for this week's Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Eschback. I'm Spike from Buffy. Henchman ain't easy. Ah!